0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of History After Hours. My name is Kevin Pumphrey, and with me is Emily Diedrich, Ron Franklin, and Jeremy Nixon. We are four history teachers from Lakeside High School in beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas. The date is September 7th, 2023, and we are recording our first episode of Season 9. We've been doing this nine years. We're doing this live at Collective Coffee with a bunch of students looking at us, And they ask us all sorts of questions, everything from serious to silly. So with that being said, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, it is History After Hours. This is our first episode of season nine. We are at Collective Coffee, and I am staring at a bunch of very enthused students waiting for their lives to change. <laughs> so here we go with our first question. Hi, I'm Spencer Moore,
1: and I was wondering, with the current political climate, what do you think, in Trump's situation, what are the chances of him getting reelected?
0: 50-50.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably uh, an accurate assessment. You've got about 57 to 60% of the GOP saying that they are going to support him regardless. So it looks like his path to the the nomination is pretty clear. And unless some major news breaks that we don't already know about, I
0: think it'll be a rematch of the last, last go-round. By the way, question. Coincidence that his trial is the day before Super Tuesday? <laughs>
2: well,
0: it starts. It'll take the. <laughs> Take a while. That's when the trial starts.
3: So, are, I, we go, are we going down the conspiracy rabbit hole? Like, what are we doing here?
0: Well, I mean, he wanted the date to be in 2027 or whatever. Then they said something about January and they moved it just coincidentally the day before Super Tuesday, which is some would say the most important day of the election season because that's when it all kicks off. Is that, was that, I mean, it's just a coincidence? Super, well, Super Tuesday is about the primary though, yeah? Yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. So,
3: if that's the case and he has a commanding lead, Do you think that evaporates just because it's on the day before? I mean, I think everything's helped him I don't know that that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that that might actually give him fuel to push more people out there saying, look what they're trying to do to me. I think that that might, in a weird way, help him. Some people go, they're trying to cut him out. I, I don't know that this is detrimental.
2: I don't think it is detrimental. I, I think it's playing into exactly what he wants to do with his base and what he needs to do with his base. And you know, there are four trial dates set now. Uh, they start anywhere from February into March. And I, look, you know, legal stuff gets delayed; it gets postponed. So I would be really surprised if all the trial dates hold.
3: Is it um, is the one that you're talking about before Super Tuesday, the the federal case, or is it one of the state one of the or is it the Georgia oh thing? Lord. It, do you know which one it is? Georgia, uh, I think. It's hard to it's hard to keep track.
2: Yeah, there are two. St- if you don't know, there are two state trials, one in New York, one in Georgia, and then two federal. One will be impaneled in D.C., and one will be impaneled in Florida. So, there you go.
3: Are we in agreement, then, that we think that he has a good shot at actually winning the general? He has a great shot.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but during the first Republican debate, didn't the primary candidates, almost all of them, raise their hand, saying they would support
0: him even if he's charged?
3: What was it, uh, Chris Christie and... yes. Who was the other one? Probably Hutchins. Hutchinson, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be if you're an American history student, we're or government or any of this, really. It's we're in unprecedented waters. We have had a presidential candidate in jail that got millions of votes. His name was Eugene V. Debs, a socialist, an admitted socialist early before World War One, or right after World War One, or he was, you know. Why was he in jail? Being Why a, was he in jail? Because he was a socialist. Yeah, I mean he was I don't remember. I don't remember the well, actual World charge. War and There
3: was a lot of, you know, anti. This was during movement.
0: like the whole. You can't. You can't uh, make people dodge the draft. It was the whole. Uh, yeah, I was about
2: to say. I believe it was a speech-related charge, promoting
0: things that you're not supposed to promote during that time period. Yeah, he was against the war. Yeah. You know, it's a capitalist war, which of course keeps ringing up into World War II, which kept us out of World War II for a long time. But you know, so it's not like unheard of that a presidential candidate would be in prison. At the time of the election, this is different because he might be the actual main Republican nominee. Eugene V. Debs was fourth on the ticket, so I don't know. This is going to be a constitutional, interesting time. So there's or there's crisis. a lot of
3: there's a lot of uh, things that could change between now and actual election, like the general election in, in 2024.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, including it, Republicans it, could change their rules uh, and not make him the nominee. What do you mean? Parties can do that. They can. They
3: can If he's if he wins the primary, they can yeah. still say no? Yep. Oh, I didn't no. know that. What are the, what are the chances? I
2: mean, now? that hasn't really happened since what, the 60s of the Democratic convention See, in 68. A, con- and-
3: a conviction makes him a martyr in my opinion. Then, oh, then he creates his own party. Him. They're stronger mm-hmm. with him a- a- as this victim, if you will. Yeah. I'm I'm no. And, that and besides possible. that, you know, Uncle Joe ain't getting any younger. <laughs> no one in a- elected office is younger. Is 77 <laughs> sounds young? Yes, that's you a problem. What, by, by just the ask any comes of my golf by kids. 81, 81, is that right? Yeah. No, I mean yeah. against,
0: I'm not trying to be ageist. I'm just saying, like, well, I am. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, just think the Senate right now. The average age of our senators is insane. All right, let's talk about Mitch McConnell
2: <laughs> and Feinstein <laughs> no, and, uh, and, and Chuck Feinstein, Grassley and yeah. all of them who are. Literally being propped up and wheeled in, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but literally being wheeled into wheelchairs into the building. Um, they did that
3: with her, yes, I know. Yeah, is there there somebody moving her mouth for her? Is it that too? Is it like puppet show, marionette, animatronic, (laughs) weekend
0: at Biden's?
3: (laughs) Weekend at Biden's, that is that went way over. Like, show of hands, how many of you actually know what he's talking about when he says weekend at there's a movie? Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah. No, it counts. Yeah. So, a couple of you. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. pretty dated reference that one, from the eighties. Okay. It's freaking funny if you know what it is. Just saying. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: I'm Emily Williams, and I wanted to know if there's any superstitions that y'all follow, like knocking on wood and stuff.
2: Superstitions that we follow. Oh, I don't Do you throw
3: think salt so. over your shoulder to get it in the devil? Or oh, left oh, Sorry, left shoulder. If you when I so played
0: long. sports, I had some superstition that, you know, I had a good game, so I kept doing the same thing. I don't think I do anything.
3: I've actually heard that about sports dudes. Like, they'll wear the same, like, underwear. Because I didn't do they that. Win. Some baseball guy, I can't think of his name, but somebody, they were. I, was, I had a winning game, and so I won't change. I don't know how that became the thing that he was focused on. My lucky underwear, and I won't even wash it until we lose again. So, they were like, I don't want to wash the winning out of it or some crap. That's weird.
0: I, I My ankle braces i skipped a hole and i had a re- like 40 point game and i never and i i laced them up the same way huh. for the rest of the year yeah it didn't help i think i scored two <laughs> points the next game but i kept doing it maybe that's i don't know when there did is, you give that up yesterday okay
2: I don't know, you and I talk about the full moon sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've even talked to students about it before. I can tell when there's a full moon based on how they behave in class. Yeah, you all act. Um, but in general, I would say I'm kind of superstitious, just with the basic stuff, like knocking on wood, spill the salt, throw it over my shoulder. Yeah. Just silly stuff that probably doesn't do anything. Did but. you
3: do that because you saw somebody do that when you were growing up, or did you just... Yeah, my that, mom
1: does that. Your mom does that? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: That When you said the full moon thing, that reminded me several jeez, I guess it's a decade or so ago, I had we, there were like blood moons. I don't even, I don't even remember what it constitutes a blood moon. We had the super blue moon here recently. And a blue moon is when you have this, a full moon twice in the same month. That's what that is. So, And then the super blue moon is closer to us at that time. And so it gets weird. Okay, so people are like, ah, oh, so cool. But the but, but the blood moon, okay? And I had kids who were coming. This I think it was in 2012, so it's also along with that, you know, where it's like, oh, do you guys know the story about 2012 and how people were freaking out about... No, that's a... Okay, wow, you're so young. We're okay. old. So oh.
1: well, I was, there, I was actually...
3: their age during all <laughs> There's you actually a movie yeah, that you could watch. June it's ride. a pretty good disaster movie, 2012. Supposedly, the planets were going to line up and it was going to cause some sort of uh, intergalactic calamity and everything was going to come crashing down. And supposedly, it had something to do with the Mayans, The freaking Freaking Mayan calendar was going to end at about the same time, so it's, it's the end of the world, man. And then the freaking blood moons were attached to that as well. And I had a kid who came to me, and the kid was like, oh, um, so, Mr. Franklin, what do you think about the blood moon? And I was like, I don't think about the blood moon because I'm not superstitious. To go back to, where'd you go? to, back, go back to your question, I, I don't, like, I'll do, like, knock on wood, just to be funny, but I don't, like, believe it. Yeah, you, know? you don't have anything? Anybody you know do stuff like that?
2: No, you're, not really. Anybody in your family? Yeah. No, I mean, probably if you go back. And Just DJ and her to mom. <laughs> <The> <laughs> magic... like my great-grandmother or beyond, but uh, yeah. it'd be
0: the same, similar things, but no. The magic yeah. generally gets beaten out of you with age.
3: Yeah. You know, everything's true.
0: magical when you're a kid and there's Disneyland and all sorts of fairies and Santa. And then as you grow up, you're like, there's no Santa? Nothing. <laughs> okay, calm down. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. There okay. are children
2: present. I yeah, know. <laughs>
1: I'm Lee Smith. Um, my question is your opinion on if everyone thinks life isn't fair, is it fair to say that life is in fact fair?
3: I would say no. Le- let me process that. <laughs>
1: yeah, take, uh, take me a minute.
3: So if it's unfair for everybody, that's fair. Is that kind of what you're going for? Oh, to applies equally to everybody. Yeah. yeah, it equally applies.
2: We all have that woe is me, yeah, you know, attitude sometimes. Life's unfair. Me, I would point to an objective and be like, okay, you think you have it bad. The average family in Nigeria is living on $645 a year, so you have more in your hand, most of you, than they do. So,
0: are we really going to talk about conversation about
3: first world problems?
2: Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I would take it, but
0: I think it's very human when something bad happens to you to have the "why me" moment because you don't think it'll happen, then it does, and you're like, "Why me? Life is not fair." But that can happen to anybody, no matter your wealth or where you live or anything. Bad things do happen. So in a way, I get your point. Life is unfair for everyone. So therefore, it's fair. I've
3: noticed, though, that people who tend to be very organized in their lives, highly educated, have strong work ethic. Most of those people very rarely complain about having bad luck.
0: I'm Mason McElrath. And I was wondering, um, regarding the nation's debt problem, can you explain, one, how we got there and two, what we can do to fix it?
3: That's that's you politically. That's me. Boy. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, well, so we got there in a lot of ways. Uh, we've been deficit spending pretty much. FDR. Well, yeah, I was about to say, 1930s, um, and some before that as well. We have deficit spent every year since then, with the exception of 97, 98 during the Clinton administration, right. where there was a budget surplus. And so we're at what 33.4 or five trillion dollars now. How we got there is how anyone gets in debt. You are spending more than you are taking in. And how you fix it is you cut spending or you raise taxes.
3: Don't you feel that never-ending war has contributed greatly to the situation? And I don't really see too many people talking about that aspect of it. Usually when they talk about we're overspending, usually they're talking about social programs. Usually they're talking about food for kids. Usually they're talking about uh, uh, Head Start programs. Usually they're talking about some sort of services to the population. Rarely do they ever go man, we should really cut back on our military contractors' budgets. Like, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, and, but I, but on the other hand, that's part of how we make our money. Well, and if you, I don't want to get too far in
2: the weeds here, but if you look at it, we're $750 billion in discretionary spending a year on the military. If you take the next six countries that spend uh, on their military that are also developed countries, we still uh, have the largest amount spent when you add all of theirs together. So the military-industrial complex is a real thing. War is profitable for a lot of people. And, you know, I do think that that's part of it. And And
0: if we cut too much of the military spending, our whole economy could tank because private corporations make a lot of money off of these government contracts. And government
2: politicians make a lot of money off of some of these things and become lobbyists.
3: So, I mean, in your opinion, do you think that we've fallen into like a trap there? Oh, yes. Yeah. Which President Eisenhower warned us about.
2: Yes. Right. I, well, and how do, look, how do you get out of it? It, oh. it? This is unpopular, but it's raised taxes. If you look at other developed countries with the same standard of living, they're paying between 50 and 55% income tax. Raise taxes on who? Literally everyone. And that's not what people want to hear. Um, Germany,
3: Finland, Norway, Sweden. Yep. have higher tax burdens on their wealthiest people and their corporations. Yes, they do. And and, and there's a patriotic feeling to paying those taxes too, by the that's way. That's what I was about to say. Okay. We
2: view taxes as a dirty word. It's a bad word. We don't like them. European countries view them as it's their duty. It's They, they feel like they should. It's patriotic to do. Uh, they do it to finance universal health care. They do it to finance universal schooling, universal college. They don't view it as you're taking my money. They're viewing it as this is the service I'm getting for my taxes and it's a source of pride and we don't have that in America.
0: Why do you, why do you think, why do you think that is? They are homogeneous way more than we are too. The Uh, gap between the rich and the poor is different. They don't have racial tensions that we've always had to deal with. I think it's kind of apples to oranges. Well,
3: but the gap between the rich and the poor is also going back to the taxation we're talking about though.
0: But are they doing good with the taxes they already take from us? If if you oh, well, think no, no, yes, no, no, well let's no, no, yeah. you know I, what I mean. I that's, get that argument too. That's that's the, so
3: are you are you already good stewards of our money? The answer is probably not. Yeah. yeah where are our taxes not. going
0: now? And then if we we like it, let's raise them for certain people. And of course, the rich do pay the bulk. Are they paying enough? I mean, probably not. There's corporate taxes they get out of It's it's so complicated that I don't think there's a single solution. It's like all things, it's kind of complicated.
2: No, but you're probably killing anybody that's in comparative that's in here right now, because this is what we've been talking about all week. Uh, countries that are alike, when they have people who are of the same descent, have held the same values, of the same ancestry, when you're talking about 80, 85, 90, 95% homogenous, their views are much more solid, and the nation can speak with one voice. Yeah, America doesn't speak with one voice. Sure. At least not now.
1: So in regards to like a solution, this is more of a question, for one like we would have to have like a majority agreement in congress to do any kind of raising taxes or anything like that do you think we have to almost hit rock bottom mm-hmm. before they would ever choose to agree to try to fix it
3: what does that eat? What, what what's rock bottom in your opinion
1: like we are facing an economic collapse completely
3: default yeah. default on our loans government can't fund itself yeah creditors outside of the country stop investing which Heart? could
0: which could be yeah just a reminder, our country was built on compromise. The whole constitutional convention was compromise after compromise. I, when's the what's the last infrastructure bill? Yeah, I mean, that was surprising that that was bipartisan. but man, it's so much more difficult, I believe, because of the systematic uh, situation we have where it's and if you look the um, the enemy, the um, Republican Party thinking the Democrat Party is the enemy, and the Democrats thinking the Republican Party is the enemy is at all time high.
3: That's not good. Do you think that that's real, or do you think that's partly a charade, too? No, all it's a charade. Behind the scene. It is a charade and I have proof. Okay, go ahead. All right, all right. No, okay. So
2: when uh, McCarthy could not get the votes for Speaker, so House rules weren't in effect, and all the cameras kept running, which they don't allow to happen when Congress is in session. So... All these people who go on all these talk shows and hate each other, and one's on CNN and one is Fox, guess what they were doing? They were laughing and joking around on that house floor. And they were patting each other on the back and they were engaging in, oh, look, so and so is so good to see you. It's a show.
0: Oh, yes. To get reelected. And it's. They I, don't hate each other. I've you know? said this for years. Until we get the money out of politics, I don't know that you'll ever see any real change. And, you know, when there's so much money to be made by getting reelected. And you get billion-dollar donors and all that. I, I, that seems like a, a non-starter. All right, next. Oh. Uh, I'm Carter Meredith, and um, I've always been struggling with what I want to be when I grow up. Have you guys ever struggled with that? What was like your aha moment when you knew you were going to be a teacher? I did not have that. <laughs>
2: when I, I still qu- haven't had that
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well when i quit practicing law i had to figure something out <laughs> tell so, us tell
3: us why you hated being a lawyer mr nixon
2: who um we got i some mean time. there are a lot of reasons uh to sum it all up well, well hold on what kind of lawyer were you well so i worked for the government big surprise i'm the government teacher if you didn't know I spent nine years in government service, worked my way up, was working for a, a political appointee here in the state. I was the deputy chief of an agency, and people suck. Um, you know, I don't know, if you have me for class, you know I'm a big Parks and Rec fan, and if you don't know Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope is sort of the epitome of all things good that government can do, and I was kind of that optimist. And to see the real life, look, I know politics is dirty. And if any of you have me for governor you're like, you hate politics. Yes. It's because I lived it. And the backroom deals and the shady things and the unethical asks are all real. And I found myself not wanting to be a part of it and not enjoying my life or who I
3: was. How did that lead you into teaching?
2: Well, and that, I had to make a decision when I was in college. I had a professor that wanted me to go on and not go to law school, but to go into teaching. And I was like, no, I've wanted to be a lawyer since I was like fourth grade. And my mom taught for 36 years. And the only thing she ever said repeatedly was never be a teacher. And it wasn't that she liked teaching. It was because of the disrespect that was thrown at her in the profession. But now my sister and I are both teachers. <laughs> Um, and I love teaching, and it's, it's great most of the time, but that's, that was my sort of aha moment. Like, I don't like what I'm doing. Life is too short to live in a life that you don't enjoy. What will I enjoy? And that's my story.
3: Come down the line.
1: Oh, well, oh. <laughs> I don't, um, this is going to sound cheesy, but you know, in kindergarten, when you draw those pictures, and it's like, when I grow up, I want to be, um, I drew a teacher. But also, this is my first job, I'm 24 years old, year three teaching, so maybe I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, I'm still kind of figuring it out. But I mean, I did all the things, even in college, semester before I graduated, I had people co- trying to convince me not to become a teacher. That, that was like a really big shocker for me. Um, a lot of my family's in education, and then even some professors were like, you need to really look at what's happening in education and decide like, is that what you want to pursue? And I remember, like, calling my mom my senior year, uh, COVID, have mask on. I'm trying to teach in a public school, and I'm just upset because this wasn't what I pictured at all. And she's like, it's not too late to change mine. And I was like, I got to stick it through. I got to push through. And I'm really glad I did. Not to be cheesy or emotional, but, like, every day I come to school, and I'm so glad to see all of these kids. And the kids make teaching. And I think that's what sold me in internship, too, because I had COVID going on. It was crazy. I wasn't really happy with the work, but being around kids sold it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. On the bad days, even when we're in bad moods, I mean, a good interaction with you guys can make that better and remind me, at least, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it.
0: Okay. So when I was in kindergarten, we had an assignment to draw what we wanted to be. And I drew a te- No, that's not true. That's not true. I'm very different. I grew up on a farm. And teaching is, to me, not difficult as far as, like, climate and sunburns and hay and all that. I was going to be a coach. I fell out of love in, of coaching over five years, and I fell in love with history. So, I found passion in the job I had. Now, here's, I'm going to give you my my yearly preach. So, here we go. Most people don't like their job, but they can't quit. Here's how you... It's very natural to not know what you want to do even through your 20s. So so just take the stress away. Here's how you can help yourself. Number one, keep your debt low. If you have high debt, you are chained to a job that you might not can quit. When you have no debt and no family attachment, really, no permanent family attachment, you have the freedom to quit a job, move, follow your dreams, don't follow your dreams, change your mind. As soon as you accumulate debt or you start a family... Those things might affect your choices in life. So I would say keep your debt low, pay for stuff in cash, start a savings account, don't start a family if you can help it until you figure out where you want to be in life. And it might be, you might be 30 years old before that happens and that's okay if you do things correctly and eventually have the goal to own land or property, a house. Okay, I'm done.
3: What my advice to you, Carter, would be stay stay flexible with your options, you know, and that kind of, kind of ties in with what Pumphrey's saying, too. But I'll I'll also say this. Well, I think that we do a disservice when we push you to feel that you have to know who you're going to be and what you're going to do before you step out of the high school, 18 years old, you're supposed to have your whole life figured out. It's supposed to be planned out and you've got it. It's going to be this way forever because I want it that way. or Is it because you want it that way because you've thought that through? Or is it because your parents want you to do that or your friends have a certain thing? and You're going to go this to meet and please other people like you have to really kind of think that through. And, and learn to be able to detach from things that are negative and give yourself the, the freedom and the option to go, you know what, I freaking don't know. I don't know, and that's okay. And if you have a plan and you want to follow that plan, then bravo. But if you are confused and you're like, I don't, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure I want to go to school. Like, so, I, I don't think we do a good job with that either. We, we push kids towards college. Everybody got to go to college. And for some people, college is absolutely the best route. But for some people, it's not. Some people it's gonna be military, some people it's gonna be trade school, some people it's gonna be some other form or fashion that gets them where they need to go. And you need to give yourself a break to, to explore ideas and do it now while it's safe, by the way. Like it might give you a, a step in the right direction to say, well, what, what else is there that I might not have been thinking about? Uh, but, but if you do find yourself trapped in something that you really don't enjoy, like don't spend the rest of your life miserable, find a way out. It might be tricky, it might be difficult, and I'll I'll give you my story as a case in point, uh, but it can be done. Teaching is a second career for me, and I'm kind of like you guys, when they were like, oh, uh, a lot of my family's in education. My mom taught, my dad taught for a while, my uncle and aunts. I've got all kinds of people in education. My wife teaches. (laughs) My daughter's now a teacher. So it's it's in our blood, seemingly. But I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to do that. I was like, ah, sort of, Teenage angst, and uh, you know you're gonna be a teacher like everybody else. I'm like, the hell I am! You can't tell me what to do. So I had that going on. It's the 70s. <laughs> the 70s. Yeah, I'm Gen, I'm <laughs> gen X, straight up. So I, 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 anyway, out of college, end up in uh, in business. I was in retail management. Was successful at that, doing well. But the but the hours became grueling. The deeper I got into that, the the more I felt stuck in that scenario and in that cycle. And before I left. The last couple of years that I was there, like I didn't have a vacation. I didn't have a full day off in like three years. I was working an average of 93 hours a week. It was killing me physically and mentally. It was straining our relationship. I barely saw my kids. We, my daughter, who was about three or four-ish, I guess, at that time, my wife would bring them out to the store to see me because by the time I got home, they were often in bed. And so they would come out. and she pulled up one day, and my daughter, a little bitty, yeah, a little innocent, four-year-old. She was like, look, daddy's house, pointing at the store my wife told me that it broke my freaking heart. I was like, oh, my God. Like, who, what is this? This is not what I intended. I was, I was right just bogged down and, and confused about what I should do. I'm 33 years old. Two kids, new house, career that I thought I was going to do, and I'm good at it, but I don't like it. And it was killing me. And fortunately enough, my wife is very supportive. And she said, you should get out. You should go back to school. You should be a teacher. You'd be good at it. And I was like, I don't know anything about teaching. I'm, I'm an adult. I know this. I know these things. But I don't know how to teach. I don't, what would I even teach? What would I do? What, what, what subject would I teach? I didn't have a clue. I was able to get out, though. Honestly, I was pushed out. And, I, and I'm grateful for that now. Uh, I got into it with the owner of the store I was with, and they were like, see you. And I was like, well, see you. <laughs> and now I had to figure out what I was going to do, right? So, but I had to take, I mean, talk about debt. It, t- it took me a long time to pay off those new student loans. I had, we, I had to work jobs as best I could to support what I was doing because I had to go to school full time. I had to, like, burn through that system as fast as I could. Not wanting to be a coach either, by the way. I was like, I'm going to, I decided on history. History cool. I always like, well, that sounds good to me. And then everybody said, you're not going to make it. You'll never, You'll. what, what are you going to coach? I said, I'm not going to coach. I'm going to teach history. And they said, you'll never get a job. You'll never get a job because they're looking for that duality. A lot, of, a lot of history teachers or math teachers or whatever, science teachers, happen to also be coaches. It's, an, it's, an, it's a way to help make yourself more marketable. But I didn't want to do that. Fortunately, everything worked out, and I'm in a great position. And I work with great people. But it was a, it was a leap of faith, absolutely. And it was scary as hell. But it's so worth it now looking back. 20 something years later, it's so much worth the risk that we took to do something that was ultimately, it, it, it helped me find myself again. It helped me remember who I was again. It helped me be the, 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 the caring and, and, and honest and earnest person that I wanted to be. It's similar to what Nixon was talking about with, uh, with, the, with the political stuff, I think. The, the corporate mentality just drains people's souls, and I'm a living witness to that. So, long story short, give yourself a break and be flexible.
0: Hi, I'm Dana Montgomery. Um, so, if you take the entirety of, like, the Lakeside High School faculty, you lock them in the high school. <laughs>
3: Here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, to get
0: out has to be the last one standing. Who's making it out?
3: Here, the standard answer. <laughs> Mac- Mac- Adele. Adele. <laughs> Linda McInerney, she will tear through everybody in that school. Yeah. Fueled to- <laughs> on the Diet Mountain
2: Dew. <laughs> yes, she's the Diet out, right. Mountain Dew speedwalk her-
3: can outrun any prey. <laughs> and she's gonna make it out. It's her superpower, man. Yeah, we're just gonna team up behind her and go with her. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah run, just to, like block, her with, like go. Yeah.
2: yeah, we're following her. We,
3: hey, you think I'm kidding? We have a plan. Yeah, well, yeah, we've, <laughs> it's we've, a crisis plan. We've discussed this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're prepared. Who, oh, 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 sorry. Who would be the first person to go? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Maybe we don't want to answer <laughs> that. <I don't> <laughs> uh,
2: who's I'm the Frankie Colgrove, sorry, sorry. And my question is, why why do you think there's been like such a big divide in the political landscape of the United States? Like why has everyone become so hateful and aggressive towards each other? Well Pumphrey's gonna tell you the Bill Clinton impeachment.
0: And Newt Gingrich. Well, I mean, look, you can go back to Jefferson <laughs> and Adams. It's part of who America is, okay? We've, I know it seems crazier, and that's because everybody knows about it, because of the thing called the Internet, social media. Uh, the news outlets are now partisan, so it, it's everywhere. But ever since the beginning, it was divided. And I do think Newt Gingrich and nationalization of politics made things worse. And, then, and 24-hour news, CNN, CNN. May, and and Fox competing. It all. It's just. It seems worse now. Just like violence seems worse now. Even though this is the all time lowest violence in world history, it seems worse because we see it all. So I, I. I wouldn't get. I'm trying to be optimistic, thinking that politics aren't quite as divided. Like you said, it's a show more than anything because they're on TV. Uh, presidents didn't used to have to be on TV. You know, it didn't matter because there was no such thing. So when was it that the senators were like
3: beating each other with canes in the?
0: That's early. We'll talk about that. That's, that's our first Congress, 1790s. I mean, look, in Arkansas in the 1830s, 1840s, somebody got stabbed by a knife over a wolf restriction thing. Like People get stabbed in Congress. That doesn't happen quite as much anymore, I don't think. It's more of a show. So I, I think it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always going to be Bush versus Gore.
2: Once the Supreme Court decided an election, and it's been downhill from that. Because it took away the faith that a lot of people had in elections to begin with. And I think you're seeing that grow uh, as each election grows. How many people believe that elections are rigged or that they're not fair. And that sort of mistrust eats away at the foundation.
1: I think a lot of it's just media. But then also I was sitting here thinking if there's like certain events that have caused more divide, do you think COVID itself could have possibly added to that?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It should have been our. Should, we've talked about this. It yes. should have been
2: our rally around the flag moment. And if you don't know what that means, it means in a time of crisis, a country normally comes together. After nine eleven, President Bush had a ninety one percent approval rating for a president. Uh, that's Unheard insanely of. high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we did not have that with COVID national emergency, and we did not rally around
0: one another. In fact, we divided further. But yeah, and a question we get every year: Look, we started this podcast when Obama was in office. And a question we get every year is why does it politics seem so divided today? But I will say with every event it does seem to get worse. And I think COVID definitely escalated and if you go back and listen to old podcast, we said alien invasion, superbug. These are the things you can't make them partisan because it applies to anybody. And of course we figured out a way. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> we did it. partisan. Okay, so yeah. Next
1: I'm Merrick Lukens. Uh, We have seen seen what seems to be a never-ending growing hatred between the two main political parties to the point of what seems like segregation in areas where you shouldn't express your views in fear of something happening to you because you're in the minority. Do you believe that this tension between the two political parties will boil over to a civil war? And if so, how long do you believe before someone pulls that trigger?
0: I'll just quickly say I don't think it'll be a civil war like it was. I don't think you got the North versus the South. Everybody's mixed together. But you could have a digital civil war that could spill over into violence on the streets if it kept escalating enough. And we've already kind of seen some of that. So the civil war might not be like a, it starts here and ends here, and then we have a peace treaty. It might occur on and off for the next 20 years until something major happens or whatever. So it's I think it's just going to... The way we view it a civil war, I don't think it's going to be that. that. That kind of goes back
3: to what you were saying about the charade that politics actually is, because behind the scenes, they're not sniping at each other the way you think they are. But they will gladly pretend to be so filled with hatred towards the other side to gain some sort of popularity, get some sort of extra voting. To, to outdistance themselves. Uh, I mean, it is, it, it, politics is competitive, and so it's cutthroat. I get that. But at the same time, it's the ruthlessness with which they will uh, speak about each other. And then, but people who are easily misled, let's say, or who believe in the charade, don't know how to tone that back down, don't realize that there's stuff going on that they don't, right? It's, it's not what it seems on the surface, and people will take action based on misinformation or they believe that they need to support one side over the other. Like I, I just don't, I don't, but I, but I don't know how to predict where that'll go. I don't know how to predict where that'll launch up. I do think that small
0: pockets of things might happen. Which,
3: I mean. How much of it's just rhetoric, and how much of it's – you know what I'm saying?
0: In 30 years, we could look back and go, I guess that that last Civil War we had started with the January 6th, and then it skipped a year, and then this happened, and then it got escalated. We could be in it and not really know it. I just don't think it's going to look anything like the last one where there's a start and a finish. Do you think that changes
3: uh, the dynamic when – now that Gen Z is getting old enough to vote – and they seem very motivated to make changes, to have a, a change of the guard, to get the old system out, to, to have more to have, to have more direct process and planning for the people who actually are asking for help and aren't getting it from the people who are in charge. So maybe that's the revolution. Maybe it's, it's not, not a civil war in, like I said, that violent sense, but maybe it's like a change of the, uh, the system at the top because young people are now engaged in voting and, and angry and demanding better from the people who are elected, who, who they're electing in office. I mean, maybe that's it. It's not so much a war, but a...
0: I hope so. I mean, politics doesn't have to be this. It doesn't have. There's the world is so much different than it was in the 1890s, except politics. Old people in a room arguing with each other. It's like, do we have to do it this way? You know, you kids, maybe you have a better idea that could be better than what we're doing now. Where we all they all have to go to a capital Washington D.C. and go vote, and then it goes. You know, maybe there's a different way to do it that will emerge out of this the dust. Hey, is it true that some
3: states are trying to
0: raise?
3: Can states raise their voting age, or is that a federal thing? No, it's a federal thing. Okay, that's what I thought. Is there is there any truth to the idea that people are? suggesting to raise the voting age to 25 is that oh, a real well, yeah i mean you have
2: a, a republican candidate vivek ramaswamy that wants to raise it to 25 which would require okay, a constitutional that's where that amendment came from. I, could,
3: I knew i'd heard it but i couldn't remember where yeah yeah and that's a that's a direct reaction to the threat that they feel that you are to keep people your age from voting in the next thing if you lift that up then it it takes away your ability to change them yeah so that's yeah, a, i mean
2: my there people my who applauded when he said that Yeah, and there uh, are what blows my mind is there are young people. I have some in my AP Gov classes that support him. I'm like, you would be able to vote in the next election and then theoretically lose that right to vote for a period of years. Wow. Should that happen? Yeah. But
0: it doesn't seem to be sinking in. Yeah, I'm hoping you guys have a solution because millennials got hit sideways with all this. And, but by the way, baby boomers are still in charge for some reason. Well, um, yeah. Gen Z, you know, the young, y- y'all grew up with a smartphone. You're more skeptical. You're more open-minded, it seems like, than millennials and definitely my Nintendo generation that didn't do anything. So.
1: Well, I would even say that Gen Z is just like more involved politically and they know more because just talking to students on a daily basis, when I was most of their age, when I would, wait, I was a junior, sophomore when Trump was elected for the first time in high school. And i didn't really know anything i just remember oh there's a celebrity getting put into office this is weird um but i'll talk to them and they know more than me sometimes
0: oh yeah you were a junior in high school when (laughs) yeah you can go back and listen to our podcast reaction (laughs) (laughs) that's true i'm teddy headway i was wondering how you think the war in ukraine is going to end and what needs to be done to maintain stability in europe post-war
3: I uh, think
2: it's to be determined honestly.
3: Yeah, it's still way up in the air at this point, man. I, that's that's you know, there's I mean it take it depends on it depends on whether our continued increased support makes a difference in their fight to push the Russians out of their territory, which there's a there's a counter-offensive going on right now after 18 months of war. 18 freaking months of war. So that's a year and a half for you guys that are bad at math. They, they were losing and losing and losing, and then there's been more and more help from us and other uh, uh, allies that we have in the region. And it seems to have been making a difference, but slow, painfully slow, like deadly slow. They're losing a lot of people in this push to try to to regain territory and and yeah. russia is uh looking for allies too right so uh, it's, hard it's hard to get good, good information out of russia itself so you don't know exactly how uh, are they actually being depleted have they lost enough people have they lost enough enthusiasm for the war that seemed to have been there at the beginning
0: russia is not one to quit unless yeah. they lose a, a lot, lot. But so. well, well
3: right and the, historically and this is something that you guys that are sophomores will learn eventually like russia just historically sucks at war And so will they actually win this? I don't. it's hard to say, yeah. But at the same time, they're like courting China and say, hey, can we get some stuff from y'all? And there's a, uh, you know, and and there's about to be a meeting with Kim Jong-un. And like, can we get some stuff from y'all? And I mean, this, it has the potential to drag itself out. But the longer it takes, the worse it is for Russia, particularly.
0: And there are voices in the U.S. that don't mind this. When we pulled out of Afghanistan, there were some murmurs about the military industrial complex. Hey, we're we're not in a war somewhere. And then all of a sudden Ukraine happened and it's like, ah, all right, let's start making tanks again. Good. Let's fire it back up. Mm-hmm. There are people in the US that are benefiting quite a bit off of this conflict. So don't overlook that point. Not to say that we're necessarily outwardly encouraging it, but it, it's a shame that I it would hate to I would hate economy. to think that we're
3: purposefully slowing it down so that we can continue to sell. Like that, that that would be really yeah. But Republicans
0: of of the two parties, they're more sympathetic to the Russians. Which is, if you knew about the Cold War, that's it's such a weird we
3: will situation yeah. we're in. We'll
0: hit some Cold War stuff like. Old school Re- Reagan Republicans
3: would flip their lids right now to see anybody suggesting that we should be more friendly with Russia than anybody else. That is just that as a person who grew up and through the Cold War, that is just mind boggling to me to see people go. I would, for example, would you vote for Vladimir Putin or, or Joe Biden? They're like, well, Putin, obviously, because And I was like, what?
0: <laughs> there are two words that we have said more in the last four or five years than ever before. Well, usually, <laughs> and then we say something, yeah, because it doesn't apply much in the last four. Things are different. That's a that's so. a
3: weird flip, though, boy. So yeah, it's 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 odd that, and that goes back to this I think this culture war political thing that's being driven in our country about uh, righteousness and and who's uh, you know who who has traditional values. I've heard people say that. Well, well, Putin supports traditional values. Yeah, he's a freaking authoritarian dictator, monstrous. I mean, I get, there's a whole list of like war criminal. Like, we just t- check the boxes of all the horrible things dude has done, why we should not support someone like that. And yet, there are people on our side going, like, that should get somebody's attention. Like, that should be, that should make your heart skip a little bit to think that we love and cozy up to dictatorial <laughs> bastards like that guy.
0: All right. This is going to be the lightning round over the next 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're getting. I'm Jacob Moss, and my question is in 100 years, what do you think the importance of Donald Trump will have in history books?
3: Depends on the next election.
0: What do the robots think of Donald Trump? <laughs> what
3: does AI <laughs> say? <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> Let's ask ChatGPT chat a 100 years. Um, <laughs> somebody pull that up. Be no, able so, but to... Don't you think that that's, I'm onto something with that though, depending yeah. on the, the results of the next election? It does. It, 100%. It, you could see a trend, and I'm not predicting that, but you could see a trend where they go, okay, we're not going to talk about it this way. We're not going to be allowed to talk about it this way. Like, this whole censorship issue and, well, you know, you you can say certain things and you can't say certain things. You can teach certain things. You can explore certain things or you can't. Like, I can...
0: uh, Yeah, if it causes permanent changes, then that will be considered an influential presidency. If it goes back to some status quo of yesteryear, then he'll be a footnote. It'll be a, you know... Wow, a celebrity got elected without any military experience or political experience, which might be a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I
3: mean, January 6th is definitely going to be in the
0: book.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, do yeah. you think it's more his presidency that will be remembered as influence that he had yeah. on people and the political I, parties, I, think I guess?
0: think it be that, yeah. Yeah, when I say uh, Richard Nixon, you don't think deal with China and detente, you think Watergate. A lot of times, it's yeah. the, the evil, bad stuff that you remember When most. you say Richard
3: Nixon, do you think EPA, environmental protections? Do you, do you think, oh, positive immigration policies? Do you think reaching out to—no, to, you don't think any of that. You Watergate, criminality. All right, next.
0: Hey, I'm River Cook. Mr. Franklin, do you think you could take over the Roman Empire with a fully charged iPhone? fully charged
3: Uh, you know what you know what i would do to get them to believe in me and my powers as like a godlike leader i would get my weather app and i would go okay i'm gonna predict that there will be rain in 10 days when it rains in 10 days they were like bow down to this master of all things yeah that so maybe by the way (laughs) europeans
0: did that to native americans when they came over true because they knew a little bit more about that and and they they got worshipped. Look at our talking leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, an eclipse. That's Look, some good cell service if you get. <laughs> you I mean, yeah, out. yeah. It,
2: it
3: depends on the towers. Uh, I don't know if Just I, turn the light on. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Worship me. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Dude, I would take. I would use every technological advantage I could bring back with me, though, convince them that I'm like at least half God. <laughs> You know, and let them fear what happens if they cross me,, yeah.
0: and then we would immediately dive the plague, yeah, I was about <laughs> to say you would
2: probably just get sick and dive, you know
0: damn it,
1: hi, I'm Heather Domaes, and my question kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier about people paying taxes and feeling like it's their duty and everything. Uh, Do you feel like the politicians and all that stuff kind of fuel people's individualism and like? People don't care enough about anything else that's going on except in their little bubble and that the the politicians fuel that so much that we don't even – we don't have the same regard for our country as other places do or as we did, say, 100 years ago. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll follow the money on that one a little bit. I think that when you corporatize any entity – that's supposed to benefit more people but it's like there's there's profit margins and there's and there's lots of uh, power and authority at stake and, and the profits that come along from that even I, I think that that's I think they use that as a fuel so I, it, I think it benefits them to have us think about each other as separate groups because if we unite as a group of people we can demand more from them and I'm not and I'm not criticizing all politicians. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I think that there are, are people who are entrenched in positions of power that are just not willing to see. Or maybe they're maybe they're beholden to somebody else who's bought and paid for them that then won't allow them to say things that would take away corporate profits. Like the, the money in politics thing. I can't think of the name of the thing. When, when the Supreme Court. ruled Citizens United. Citizens United. When they ruled that that money was speech. And corporations yeah, are people. Corporations are people. I think that was a huge... And I, say, I think we've been trending in that direction for a long time anyway, because there's backroom deals and lobbyists and all that. But but yeah, I, think it, I think it to keep us divided is actually beneficial to some of the people at the top of the chain.
2: But I will say this too. I mean, there is at least part partial blame to be placed on us, because a lot of people don't know that the highest tax bracket in the Eisenhower administration was about
3: 92% on the richest people. Well, would you blame that on the people or the, or the fact that nobody's telling them that? I mean, well, let's stumble across that information on your own.
2: Yeah. Well, a, I mean, as a here, well, here's the paradigm. If you're a responsible citizen in government, you, you research and become an informed citizen who votes, but we don't do that anymore. So I think it's dual blame.
0: I think it's the system and I think it's the voter. I don't disagree. Yeah. And if you just look, I mean, the practicality, if you, that song that got so popular, Richmond, North of Richmond you can disagree with the song and think that's silly. You can agree with the song, but you can't deny millions and millions and millions of people latched on to that message, which at the, at least the first part is like, there's a lot of freeloaders. I'm working hard to pay my taxes. I don't know where the money goes. And then there's rich people that are making all these decisions. Like whether you agree or not, there is a lot of resentment in the country thinking that I work hard. I pay my taxes yet. I'm barely making ends meet. And then there's these people, corporate rich people, who don't have to pay any taxes. And there's freeloaders. So whether it's true or not. But, but to promote
3: those differences and to fuel that, you know, they fan the flames, the, that keeps people from uniting as a voting block. That would then change right. the system, right? So that's part of yeah. the point I want to so make, too. So politics
0: are it's, fanning uh, the flames, yeah. as they do. My name is Joshua Weed. And if you were to give one piece of advice to the seniors of 2024, what would it be? Keep your debt low. <laughs> Don't start a family until you have to. Here's one, okay? Before you, okay, a lot of you have dreams like, I want to be a lawyer, or maybe not. I want to be a marine biologist. I want to be a. W-. Please shadow somebody who does it. Yes. Because what you see on the internet and what they teach you in college is not the job. If you take education classes in college for what it's like to be a teacher, that's not what it's like to be a teacher. Most people are cool and will let you shadow them. So don't say, I'm going to be a marine biologist, and you've never followed one around, and then you go to college and waste four years, and then you finally get the job and go, wow, I don't like this. (laughs) So try to find someone who actually does the job that you want or something similar and go follow them around for a day. They'll let you. People are pretty cool about that. And then that will give you a better understanding about that decision.
3: My advice, Joshua Weed, would be not to rush through your senior year. Don't hope for it. Don't get that senioritis so badly that you just go, I want to be out of here. I don't need this. I'm, I'm ready for the next thing. And, and ha- being ready for the next thing is important. I get that. But at the same time, don't be in such a rush that you miss what's happening in front of you. Yeah. Live, live, now and enjoy this and and take those moments and sometimes i, I, I hear seniors sometimes like wow well, that's silly i don't want to do this or i don't want to do that i want to participate be that person have school spirit join in with friends and you guys enjoy this moment because you will never be here again you will never have this experience again you will never be this group of people again come together and feel this moment like don't skip it you'll wish you'll later on you'll wish you hadn't uh, been in such a rush you know so just take your time take take every moment as it comes good or bad be, be it you know what i mean
1: um adding on to that you're still a kid be a kid that's the biggest thing cuz you yeah. don't have to grow up fast so have fun hi i'm morgan humble and i was wondering do you think that science or the government are hiding important development developments from citizens
3: yes are we talking about aliens yes. now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah probably okay let did you have you seen? I remember being a kid, and I was like so fascinated. Like, is I don't believe in aliens, but I want to believe in aliens. You follow what I'm saying? Like, I, there's no definitive proof to me. And, and there's always been a, are they hiding something? I remember when I was a kid, there was something called Project Blue Book, and supposedly, the, and, and now the Pentagon and others are like, well, you know, here's this picture of this thing, and here's the video, and we don't know what it is. And I always kind of assumed that if that moment came, people would like lose their minds, They're like, oh, we're not alone. But people shrugged. It's like, yeah, yeah we freaking knew it all along. That's uh, kind of weird to me. So, uh, uh, but is there more to that story? Do, you know, remember the whistleblower guy about a month ago who was like, "They have a body." I mean, yeah, I don't know I've, if they have a
2: body, but I mean, I definitely think they're maybe hiding some bodies. I mean, the, go- <laughs> the government has they've secrets. I've always done that. <laughs> the government has secrets. Um, we don't know the whole story. Um, we likely don't know the whole story on most of the decisions that are made. Day to day,
0: I have to believe if Trump knew that he would he'd tell somebody, it would be uh, We would know. I don't think they told him, maybe <laughs> because if he had well, access to you know, he, he goes. we're laughing. But <laughs> Clinton, this.
2: the Clintons are famous, notorious for their belief and want to declassify UFO information. And Clinton, Bill Clinton, has been interviewed several times and he says he was pushed like back as oh, really, commander in chief. Yeah, oh, he was like, eh, huh.
3: they dragged their feet so the mystery deepens
1: hey i'm paisha eric and i want to know what's your favorite cartoon from your childhood
3: Mm. that's going to be a different answer for all of us i think well i
1: I think mine would shock you guys (laughs) are we ready for this story real quick i never had cable television growing up so it was just like vcr and dvd um gumby
3: really Really? Gumby?
1: yeah i bet half of them don't know what gumby is
3: Oh, wow. I, I would not have expected Gumby.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't have expected yeah. Gumby. Hmm. When I was real little, I liked... Um, Muppet Babies, we make our dream come true. bop wop Sorry. I just liked the theme song, probably, but they imagined, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I was a big He-Man
2: fan. He-Man and
0: Skeletor. Was, like, yeah. Hi, hi, yeah. Castle Grayskull. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. I had all the...
3: Um, the original Scooby-Doo.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
3: Not this, not this trash that's on now. Not this weird, no, like original, kind of spooky, you know, especially for little kids, like bats are flying all around, and they, the mystery machine, and it was like this, there was kind of this aura of, uh, of macabre theater to it, you know, oh, and, yeah. uh, and I was always scared, just like Scooby and Shaggy, man, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? You know? Yeah, so yes, yeah, so, uh, that, that was always a good one. All right. Do it again. My name's Hunter Bullock, and I'm wondering what your favorite song
0: is right now. Muppet babies, <laughs> we make our dream. It has been for 30 years, people. Uh, you guys have been singing the uh, the
3: what's it? The show, the Bell. Is it reminding you of the Oh, Save by the Bell? Y'all oh, been singing Save oh, by the Bell we were the doing that the whole Man, I
0: wake up in the, the morning. new
2: Bell sounds fake. It sounds like the from Save by the Bell for all the older people. It sounds like the made up one on on that. So we were literally in the
0: hall today singing the Save by the Bell theme song. Also, the four dings for the minute warning. Just understand the third ding is a little delayed. Ding, Which, ding, ding, ding. I don't know why they did that, but it, it drives me nuts. It irritates me. Sorry,
3: he mentions it every day. Should
0: be tempo. Come on. What's My your favorite, favorite song, song right, now? right
3: now. Taylor Swift. Um,
1: no, it's okay. not Taylor Swift right now. Um, "Used to Be Young," the new Miley Cyrus song. That
2: is a good song. Huh? What is um, it?
1: Used to be young by Miley Cyrus. I think it's kind of her, she's reflecting on her youth and being a Disney star. And How all old is stuff. she? 30? 30? What? <laughs> yeah. I
3: think she has to be Miley a little Cyrus bit older is 30. 30 years
0: old. Jesus, I'm a, old. That doesn't yeah. seem like possible. She has a really low voice, too, even though she can sing pretty high. Uh, she does have a deep voice. Oh,
3: yeah. A low register. Uh, man, I don't, you know. I don't have a favorite song right now, honestly. I've got way too much classic rock in my head to pick one. Uh, it just depends on the mood that I'm in, you know? So, something from ACDC currently, probably?
0: Currently? currently. From the 70s? Yeah, currently <laughs> from the 70s, yeah.
2: What's up? My name's Atticus. I'm wondering if you four would make a good Fortnite lobby. <laughs> I'm probably the only one that plays Fortnite. And I plays didn't understand Fortnite. anything you said.
3: <laughs> I was... I was, uh, I played Fortnite once, and it was a disaster. There you go. Like I didn't, I couldn't figure out what I was doing. I kept dying like instantly. People were like, "Come on, man!" It's just, and I was like, "I won't." It,
2: <laughs>
0: I had spaghetti a fortnight ago, but um,
2: I mean, there were only like <laughs> basically four buttons when we grew up, and now there's so many. No, no, uh, we mm-hmm. no. Back
3: up, dude. Joystick? I had a joystick yeah. and one button. Oh, I had the Atari. I Atari had the joystick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, but yeah. I, I don't Before think Four buttons Look at you <laughs>
0: Four buttons <laughs> Last question My
1: name is Cannon Ellis And I was wondering What y'all's favorite colors were What Color?
2: Favorite, what? favorite color Being green <laughs> Green <laughs> I like green Purple
3: Back in black ACDC <laughs> <laughs> reference for you Kids that don't know things was that, was, that, was that it? Yeah. We end on the favorite color. Hey, thank you guys for coming out. We appreciate it. The collective copy. Yes. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Woo.